My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, Sonia Tucker Poindexter. And Sonia, thank you for being here today. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Sonia. And where are you calling from today? I'm actually in the Dallas, Texas area. Wonderful. Dallas, Texas. My name is Dallas, but I've only (laughs) ever been in the Dallas, Texas airport. That's it. Oh, wow. You'll have to come visit sometime. (laughs) Can you tell me something interesting about Dallas? Oh, man. So Dallas is so diverse. I live kind of between Dallas and Fort Worth, and it's like two Mm -hmm. separate countries. Dallas is very more city where you get Fort Worth. It's very much um, country, the cowboy people. Um, so it's great to come and to spend a few days and kind of hit both cities. So you get to see the diversity that we have here in what we call the DFW Metroplex. Wow. Interesting. I need to visit. Definitely. Definitely. A lot of people ask if that's why I'm named Dallas, but it's not. It's not why. My (laughs) grandfather's name was Dallas. So it's, it's an interesting backstory there. But again, Sonia, thank you so much for being here today. And we're going to talk about your book, Grandpa's Last Gift, a heartwarming tale of an extraordinary life, a writer who has lost his way and the journey to find love. Before we talk about your book a little bit, can I just have you share some of your Christian testimony with our listeners today? Sure. So I grew up, um, my dad was a minister, so I grew up in the church. I mean, it was, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, revivals. I mean, you name it, if the church was open, we were there. So I grew up kind of not knowing any different and never really questioning it. I was baptized at eight. One of the uh, people in our congregation had a swimming pool. So you know, a bunch of us, you know, kids went out, got baptized, and it was a way of life for me. And I never, I never faltered from it, never questioned it. Um, my dad was our biggest prayer warrior. Um, but I will tell you, um, as I got older, in the last few years of my dad's life, that's kind of like when I really started questioning my faith. Um, and it was mainly because of, I felt like my dad was one of God's greatest warriors. I mean, he kind of just went through the ringer, but he never lost faith. In his last few years, he suffered from dementia really bad, and then it made his anxiety really bad, and it was just kind of a torturous last few years of his life, and so I really struggled with, why, why God, would you do this to one of your greatest warriors, one of your most, most faithful mm-hmm. servants? Why would you put him through this? So I went through a really a hard period of... Just questioning. And how old were you when you had that life of question? This was just, gosh, three, four years ago. And so over the last few years, whenever, when all this is happening and you're thinking about it in your father's life, how has that really affected your walk today? So, you know, interesting enough, it was my dad who was suffering, not me. He was the one suffering, but mm-hmm. it was, he's the one who really kind of brought me back to, it's okay it, that he was suffering like that, but he never lost his faith. I mean, there were so many days he didn't know. He was in such great pain, and he didn't know who I was. He didn't know who my mom was. He didn't know like, know who we were, where we were, what was going on. 
But one of the things that kind of gave him some peace is we would ask him to sing a hymn or, you know, tell us one of his favorite scriptures. And he could recite scripture and hymns like his brain was fully functioning. It was a remarkable thing to see, and it calmed him such a great deal. And at the end of the day, you know, in my questioning, I went back to thinking, you know, if, if he can suffer like this and never question his walk with God or his faith, why can't I? And then mm-hmm. a couple of days before he passed away, we actually found his last sermon that he had written just a couple of years prior. And in that sermon, it, it kind of walks through his, his life. It's a sermon, so there's a lot of preaching in it. But at the same time, he talks about all of these miracles that happened in his life. And that kind of brought me full circle with this is this is why he never lost faith, because God gave him this beautiful life. And in, in years of suffering, he could take it and never lose faith and prove to us that it's okay, that God has a plan. And, and this is probably what it is to show us that even his greatest warriors are made to suffer so that maybe we can learn through him. Mm-hmm. What a testimony of your father, right? Wow. Angelo Vincent Scardoza was a child prodigy, a musical virtuoso, and from an early age his ability to stir the soul with a wondrous singing voice would set him on a course. When unforeseen twists of life come at him from different directions, he is emotionally upended, leaving his passion in turmoil and his faith to be questioned. Follow his journey, one of love, gained and lost, and internal struggles as he abandons his desires and questions his belief, only to uncover the mystery which leads him to find his true calling one of conviction, healing, and unexplained miraculous events. Find your copy of The Custodian and the Crucifix on Amazon today. Are you looking for a stylish clothing brand that shines light to those around you? Street Witness Clothing has hundreds of designs that starts conversations while it spreads the love of Christ. Stock your wardrobe by visiting www.streetwitness.clothing. Mm-hmm. What a testimony of your father, right? Wow. He was a remarkable man, and, and in the book shows a lot of the, a lot of the miracles that he witnessed. Mm-hmm. And back to the book. So again, the title is Grandpa's Last Gift. And so how did you come to write this book? So um, the book, uh, in kind of in a, in a really short phrase of the book, it's about, I created this fictional love story. So I love reading romance. <laughs> I always have since I was a kid. I'm a big reader, a big romance reader. So I wanted to create a fictional love story, but created, created around my dad's life and my dad's ministry. So that's kind of what the book is, the basic, basically what the book is about. The grandpa's last gift was the fact that we found his sermon a couple of days, you know, before he passed away. And in the book, I made it where he left the book, his Bible, and then a kind of a sticky note that had this name Zach Stone on it. And so the gift he left this for his granddaughter to kind of find Zach Stone to have a, a story made, you know, a book, a movie, or whatever you might have it made um, about his life. But Grandpa's last gift, as you read through the book, you realize that through reading the book, that each character was kind of given a gift. Um, where with my, the main character, Hazel Grace, it was, you know, finding this sermon and, and her kind of like last, um, the thing that Grandpa wanted, you know, her to do for him. And in the meantime, you know, she finds love and a, a 
greater peace and understanding um, with God. And then Zach, um, he goes through all kinds of, uh, you know, stress and turmoil. And and in, in the day, I don't want to give the book away, but you know, he finds his yeah, gift. Yeah. You know, and then through other characters in the book, they each kind of have their last gift that is given to them. You know, throughout the book. I really like how you took this in a creative way. You didn't just take the story and tell it like a a story of your grandfather, but you really put it into a whole, you know, a whole event of things happening. I really like that because where people could lose sight of his story, but now it can be added in with so many other amazing things as well and be encouraged in so many other aspects along with his testimonies, his miracles that he saw. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. And how did your some of your personal journey go to writing this? So we have, of course, our characters, Hazel and Zachary. Are they cr- true characters that you know in real life that you kind of were basing them off of, or well, kind well, loosely, um, Hazel was kind of based on my on my oldest daughter. She's in college. She's you know, and and I kind of just and I have a, a few other nieces that are also in college, and you know that's kind of the kind of brought in, you know, that character into context and kind of gave her, like, you know, a college senior, you know, she's smart, she's sassy, and she's this, um, this girl who is looking for the perfect man, right? And there's so many girls, mm-hmm. I did it, you know, everyone I know does that. They kind of put the guy you're looking for into this box, he has to be perfect, you know, the perfect height, the perfect hair, the perfect Christian, the perfect everything. And so kind of, that's kind of her walk through the book. But as far as, you know, my personal journey into writing this book, I feel like, you know, with, when COVID hit, my job, my regular job um, reduced, you know, considerably my hours. And so I was kind of like the right place, the right time for God to start working in me because I just kind of felt after my dad passed away for a few first few months, I was just so sad. I couldn't really deal with it. But at the same time, it's always in the back of my mind to do something with, with his last sermon. And so when COVID hit and my job, you know, was reduced in hours, I started kind of finding ways to get outside, to be active, to stay busy. And so I started like doing a lot of walking. Well, in that walking, I started listening to podcasts, you know, yours and others mm-hmm. and started. And it's kind of remarkable that, that my, my walk with God has been so much stronger since COVID hit, you know, just wow. by just taking the time every day that I wasn't doing before because I was so busy and just really taking the time to to devote to God and and to you know just pray more, which is something that I've always been a prayer person. I pray a lot, but now it's just I feel like you know I've been able just to pray more often, and it doesn't have to be you know get down on my knees and pray for a long period of time. It could be literally like walking into the grocery store, you know, just mm-hmm. just small times, you know, small prayers. Mm-hmm. Very very cool. I see here the question that you write, can Zachary escape his demons and find a path forward with Hazel or with the strain of his past mistakes and doubts stand in the way? And can you expand on this just a little bit for our listeners without giving too much away, like you said? Yeah, sure. So um, Zach is, uh, he's the ghostwriter in the book. So um, Hazel hired him to write this book about, you know, her grandfather and he really doesn't believe in God. He's had a kind of a rough childhood. His dad was an alcoholic, left him at a young age. So he's very angry with God, angry with his dad, angry with God, angry with the world. He wants to be a big, you know, writer, write the great American novel, but he can't seem to get even the first few paragraphs um, written. 
Um, so in the book, um, he starts questioning. So when Hazel hire, you know, hires him to do this book, he starts, you know, kind of questioning if God is seeking him out. Um, and he doesn't like it, even though he feels a tug over and over in his heart, he wants to run from it and escape from it. So he turns to alcohol, mm -hmm. womanizing, you know, and he kind of picks up this alter ego, um, that doesn't allow him to think or feel anything. So he kind of gets to, the, you know, goes to the extreme of avoiding any kind of thoughts and feelings that God might be, you know, pushing his way. And so, and that's the demons I talk about, you know, can he push past, you know, past those demons and, and get through all these mistakes and in the doubt, right? And really let God into his mm -hmm. heart and, and become not only a person that loves God, but a person, you know, that can actually allow for this woman to love him. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to the way that you wrote this book, not just about your grandpa, your father's story, the grandfather's story in this book, but also about Hazel and Zachary, because I feel so many other people can relate now to this story from different angles. Like for my, my life, I can relate to Zachary escaping my demons, my alcohol and addiction and drug alcohol, all that, right? Other people can relate mm -hmm. to Hazel, my wife. I wish she was on the podcast right now because her testimony is similar, searching for that perfect person and all of that. It's amazing. Really, really cool how it all comes together. Thank you so much. Hmm. You know, and it's, it's, it's a testament to, I think, you know, my dad and his ministry and because a lot of the mm -hmm. characters in the book, so there's a character in the book, his name's Billy, and that's actually Zach's dad, who was the alcoholic, you know, and before, you know, he, then he had Billy or Zach, and then Zach, you know, became alcoholic as well. But Billy um, kind of mirrored, um, mirrors my dad and his ministry, because actually he was saved and, and ended up kind of going down the same path as my dad did as far as in his ministry like he never he worked at different job sites so my dad was a minister but not in a church he was a minister um more on his job so he was a welder so he would mm -hmm. go to power plants um oil refineries different places and work with these men who probably didn't get witnessed to very often right so he would um witness on the job sing on the job and he actually the name of his last sermon that he wrote was named by all means and that actually came from first Corinthians nine twenty two, which says to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. Mm -hmm. I have become all things to all people so that by all means I might save some. And to me, I think that's, it's just very telling of this book for one, but also my dad's story. And then the character Billy in the story where, or even maybe even your story, right. As a, as a podcaster, like God is going to put you in places and positions where you can witness to to anyone you know if he needs to make you weak to witness to the weak then so be it well i think that's something we can all take away if as well from your father i agree i agree i'm really interested in some of those testimonies from your father maybe some of those miracles do you have one of those that's just your favorite that you could share today with our listeners sure and there's you know this one is actually you hear uh quite a bit people who have like near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences mm -hmm. and this is one that's kind of dear near and dear to my heart because i was there when it happened he had gone in um for a ended up being a quadruple bypass surgery and, and in the beginning it was just you know more minor but it ended up being quadruple bypass surgery and the doctors um came out to the waiting room and they said like i'm really sorry things did not go as planned his heart stopped beating on the table and he lost oxygen to the brain for more than two minutes. And we were like, what? And he was like, so, you know, he may be brain dead and he may not 
come out of this. So we're just, you know, obviously devastated. And he said, you know, we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, give it overnight, you know, and see how he does. And, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it again tomorrow. So we all gather together. We're you know, holding hands and we're just praying, you know, for a long time, praying that he, for healing, that we're just not ready to lose him yet. Right. This is quite you know, before the Alzheimer's, before the anxiety, when he was still fairly young and healthy. So the next day, actually, probably I think it's a couple of days later, the doctor comes back and my dad is awake and he has full brain function. And it's like he never even lost oxygen to the brain for two minutes. But he he looks at the doctor and he says, you know, I really appreciate you squeezing on my heart like that. And the doctor was like, wait, what? He's like, well, I saw you. He said, the doctor's like, well, no, you could not have seen me. Like your chest was open. You were on under anesthesia. Like you were cut wide open. And he was like, no, doc, I saw you. I saw your hands physically wrapped around my heart, squeezing, pumping it back to life. And the doctor's face was just ghostly pale. He was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I saw that. And then he looked at us and he was like, and I really appreciate you guys holding hands and praying for me. You know, I saw you guys all there. And he named every single one of us that was in the room holding hands, praying for him. And we're like, you could not have seen us. We were in the waiting room, not even close. And he was like, no, I saw it. If you were going to guess why that happened, why would God allow that experience to happen? What would your guess be on that? Maybe for this situation, so he could share it to others. And so, you know, just, you know, show God or show people that he is a God of miraculous things. There's nothing out of his reach, right? That, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and for us, this is just one of his many, many miraculous stories. And I always question, do you feel like, you know, I thought like my dad, like, do you feel like you're, he's bragging? And, you know, my dad would always say, well, of course he's bragging. He's God. He can brag. He can do <laughs> these things. People need yeah, to ask him to do to it. He can afford to brag, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, like he, and, and he's asking people, look what I can do, and I could do this for you as well. You just need to believe and trust in me. Amazing. And if you could give me an overall message that you would want our readers, your readers and our listeners to take away from this book and the stories of your father, what would that be? I would say what was my dad's favorite thing to say is, you know, God has a plan. You know, even if you're questioning it, questioning like, you know, why is this happening? Um, it's all part of God's master plan. Even if it doesn't make sense at the time, he has something going on that will eventually make sense. You just have to be, you know, patient and faithful. Mm. And that, you know, he offers hope and healing. And then another thing my dad was always really good about was, you know, the small things, giving someone a smile and a word of encouragement, you know, giving a little bit extra dollar or two on a tip, you know, just little things that could really make someone's day and make them smile and and understand that, you know, there is kindness and goodness and God is faithful. Mm -hmm. By all means. I mean, that little thing could spark a conversation that could lead to the gospel. It's incredible. Yes, exactly. Well, again, Sonia, thank you so much for being here today with our listeners. And where can we find this book one more time? So Grandpa's Last Gift is the name of the book, and it can be found on Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com. Just go in there and type Grandpa's Last Gift, and it will pop up. And you could do an e-copy, a paperback, but yes, Amazon. All right. Well. If I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing me this time with, with Dallas and his Faith and Fellowship um, podcast. I'm just really honored to be here, and I'm so glad I've 
you have put it on my shoulders to get the word out about, you know, my dad's life and his ministry and his message so that possibly, you know, there's so many others that can live the life my dad hit, my dad did and, and like you put on his shoulders and to be more like you and to look for those that are hurting and need healing and hope and that, and maybe we can all, you know, help and provide that. We love you so much, Lord, and thank you so much for all your blessings. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.